Welcome into the Honolulu Blue Show, we, where we are joined by Minnesota State legend and Detroit Lions tight end Shane Zilstra. What is going on, my man? And thank you for coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. What's good? Shane, before we get into the actual questions, I got to ask, I don't know if you are in Michigan right now, but maybe some of your friends are, but if not, we got a crazy ice storm. So if you're in Michigan, what is this, you know, ice storm on a scale of one to Minnesota to you? Because I know you're a Minnesota guy. <laughs> it's funny because I'm in Minnesota right now. Okay. We're expected we're expected to get like two feet. Oh, and um, I'd say that's, that's par for the course here. Um, <laughs> We, when we first got to Michigan, my wife and uh, my family, everyone was talking about these brutal Michigan winters. And we're like, all right, you know, we're from Minnesota. We, we should be all right. We got there. We're like, this is the most mild winter we've ever had in our entire lives. So it's, it's good. I'm glad you guys are getting a little snow. Then you can get a taste of what we got over here in Minnesota. And I will say, man, it, it was kind of a down year. I mean, my buddy is a huge ice fisherman. He's kind of turned me into one. And we've hardly been able to get out on, you know, if you're not in the UP, the lakes are pretty much thawed right now. So it's it's a very light winter. So don't expect this for, you know, every Detroit winter because it'll catch you off surprise. It could come in March. It could come in April. But <laughs> That's the Michigan winter. That when, it, when you get the snow, the feet of snow in June, you're like, well, all right, let's do this, you know? All right. <laughs> now we're, we're, we're prepared on that end. <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear. All right. So let's take it back to the Lions standpoint. Um, obviously you and your brother got called up right before the Packers game. What was it like, you know, you and your brother being called up to the Lions. And then not only that, you scored your first touchdown against the Packers in that same week. So just tell me what you know, that kind of ride that was. Um, it was, it was awesome. Incredible. Um, it was, it was special because it was something that we've talked about for so long. And then for it to finally happen, it, it you know, and it just happened to be in the NFL on the Detroit Lions. It's just weird how things come full circle like that. Um, it, it was special. I mean, that's that's all I can say about it. And then to score the first touchdown, and he was one of the first people that, like, greeted me on the sideline. I mean, just it's just it's just crazy to think. Yeah, 100%. Um it's just, you know, to play, I have an older brother, so kind of similar situation, uh, but to like be able to play sports with your brother, it's just a whole different like competitiveness. And it's, you, sometimes you want to play against him and beat him, but being on his team and just, you know, fighting with him, there's a whole different, like you grind, I grind. So exactly. very, very cool. we've, we've trained in the off season a ton together. Um, and I was kind of like joked, like how cool would it be if we were lined up on the same side of the ball? And, you know, it, it just so happened that it happened to be this year. That's Hell awesome. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. What else is awesome is our beloved Detroit Red Wings are making a huge push in the NHL right now. Minnesota also sits in the playoffs on the other side of uh, the division, of the conferences. You, uh, you've been going to any Red Wings games? You, uh, you've, been, you've been catching any of those? Because they're hot right now. We we went to one uh, while I was back, and it was it was pretty electric. It was an awesome atmosphere. Oh, I love going. The Little Caesars Arena does does justice for the for for them. Uh, what where do you where does your like loyalty lie for NHL? That's tough. Um, allegiance wise, I mean, man, I was just the most recent game I went to. 
was in Detroit. So, right, I kind of got a root for them. Uh, I haven't been to a wild game in years, probably since I was a little kid. So we'll, we'll stick with Detroit on that end. I love that. I love that. But I actually have a real question, too. I just wanted to see where your thoughts were. Being a Minnesota guy, I got to gotta throw the Red Wings in there, you know, right. like hockey town, you know. Um, my question to you is uh, Dan Campbell obviously was a tight end when he played. And he, 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 I, he's such a fun coach from what we see. But as a tight end, does he, do you see him harp a little bit more on the tight end position specifically because that's what he played in the NFL and knows a little bit more about the ins and outs of that specific position, you know, overall? No doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, you said it. He'll he'll spend a little bit extra time. Um, you know, he's going around, bouncing around rooms, talking with the offense. But I feel like he ever – Every once in a while, he'll step into the tight end room for a little bit longer than the rest um, just to kind of see what we're talking about. Um, you know, he's always grabbing us in the hallway as tight ends and saying, you know, on this play, did you see your footwork or did you feel it? You know, next time, try this and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he he played it right. And, he, you know, for a long time and was successful. So I think, you know, near and dear, it's near and dark, dear to his heart. So, uh, yeah, he spends a little bit of extra time. <laughs> Love it. How you doing, Shane? Glad to have you on the show. Um, you know, it was great watching you this season, seeing you break out in that game against Carolina with those three touchdowns. It was huge, especially after we had just, you know, traded a guy like Hawkinson away. You know, it was kind of a lot of uncertainty around the position. Uh, so you kind of like broke out big amongst the Lions fan base. I ain't gonna lie. So I just want to know what's some uh, hidden talent of, of Shane Zilstra or like your favorite pastime, your favorite hobby? What's something that that you want like Lions fans to know about you, like something non-football related? Non-football related. Um, I enjoy hunting and fishing. Not quite on the level that Frank Rag now, but uh, we were actually just texting. We're going to try to get out here. He's back in Minnesota as well. So nice. we're going to get out and hopefully get on the water here soon or on the ice soon. Um, growing up, um, and I did this, I talked about this on uh, – <clears throat> A different show but um growing up we water skied competitively as a family uh, my dad drove the boats uh, we all skied my brothers i got three brothers we all skied my mom worked the concession stands and uh we would uh you know travel around the midwest and uh compete uh as a team so that's it's pretty unique a lot of people don't understand it yeah. um, they think it's just like the slaloming but we were barefooting if you know what that is Oh yeah, um, you know, going over jumps, stuff like that, um, nice. as a team. So it's pretty I bet cool. Last growing up, I bet <laughs> it was. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, muted, Adam. Dun dun dun. That's I swear, that's my favorite thing to do, man. I try to keep it quiet because you're not know, even a rookie mistake anymore. No, right. Adam, you do this every show. It's just <laughs> this is now we have to like have it part of the show. You know what I mean? It just it works. It works. Well, uh, Shane, you said you were good buddies with Frank Rag now. So my question comes after your first touchdown, you went over and you gave the ball to Frank Rag now to let him spike it after your first touchdown. And you, you, give me, what was that all about? You know, was it pre-planned? Was it just something spur of the moment? There's my boy. You do it, man. Or talk me through it. It was, it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, Frank's my guy. Uh, so, and he just happened to be standing there. So I wanted to find him too. And he was running over and I just, I don't think the old lineman get enough respect and recognition. Um, so try to do my part and, you know, I didn't get there by myself. So had to give him a little, little shout out there. 
Love it, love it. And then not to mention that touchdown pass, you were wide open. So were you thinking, like, coming off that route, like, oh, my gosh, Goff, right here, buddy. (laughs) Right. And you see, like, you see Jared kind of, like, you know, almost short arm it a little bit. He's like, those are the hardest throws, you know, just uh, when you're that wide open. I don't think on that specific play, I don't even think I was the first read, but it just happened that you just completely dropped me in coverage. So, you know, I kind of look over my shoulder a little bit and I'm like, there's no one around. Like, hopefully this ball comes to me. And sure enough, it did. That's so awesome. And those are also not the hardest ones to throw, but hardest ones to catch too. Like when, yes. Like when you just can breathe and take a minute before right. you catch it, that's the worst. You just want it like right there and get it. Yeah. Like I said with Jared too, like with that throw, it's a difficult catch too because you just know that there's no one around and, you know, you're going to be on Sports Center, not top 10 when you're, if you don't catch it. <laughs> oh, no. That, that's, uh, oh, that's hilarious. I love that comment. Um, so, so I've, I've said for years and years and years and years and years, that tight end is the hardest position to play in the NFL. I, I, I truly believe that you, you are doing two different two different positions and you need to be elite or excellent at your top level at both of those positions, one of which is the offensive line. You need to be one of the best blockers. That is that's probably one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is, is to block people. Like that's that's just ridiculous in my opinion. Running routes is hard, but blocking someone uh, just barreling down on you is incredibly difficult. Now, obviously, you were an amazing wide receiver. You switch over to tight end. What is, like, the hardest thing about that? What's the hardest thing about that? The hardest, I mean, you said it. Blocking is, there's some big dudes, you know, lined up on the other side of the ball. So, you know, I'm a little undersized, you know, coming from a receiver as a receiving tight end. But uh, probably just the footwork and and the blocking and all that that goes with it, uh, the technique of it all. I did quite a bit of blocking. We were a run-first operation at Minnesota State. Um, so I did quite a bit of blocking, but definitely not in line, you know, hand in the dirt like that. I was on the outside blocking corners and safeties the whole time. So, you know, blocking the T.J. Watts, the Micah Parsons, all those guys of the world, you know, it's it's tricky. I, I want to follow that up real quick just with so far in, in, in you, you know, the your NFL career um, – out of the games that you've played, who is the hardest person you've had to try to block so far in your career? It's a good question. I gotta say probably like Zadaria Smith or Daniil Hunter. I mean, they're, they're big, they're big, they're fast and they are super long. Oh man. That's awesome. Okay. Is there real quick juice before you get into your question? Is there any type, like what's the hardest as like, I'm sure. And excuse, is it different to defend, you know, a move like a spin move, a bull rush being a tight end as opposed to an offensive lineman? Or are you guys kind of taught the same, you know, here's what to do when a bull rush comes, you know, here's a spin move or. I mean, we're we're taught similar techniques, I guess, but they have a lot more weight, you know, to, <laughs> to anchor down on a bull rush. And um, so there's just there's some some different nuances to the technique. Um, just because we're two different body types, you know what I mean? But, you know, essentially the base of it all is just it, – it's all the same. Stop the guy from getting to the quarterback. That's that's the simplest way to put it. <laughs> don't don't let your guy make the tackle. Yeah. Right. Hey, Shane, uh, much, have been, much has been noted of uh, the Lions assistant coaches on the team and uh, the staff that Dan Campbell has assembled, and that goes along with the tight end and the tight end groups uh, – so I just want to know what's it been like working with Tanner Engstrand 
the tight ends coach with the Lions? And what's the like the overall atmosphere in the tight end group uh, in the locker room? It's good. Um, you know, we're we're an extremely close group. Um, you know, we were there all the OTAs together and all the training camp, and we became, we got really close even when TJ was there. And you know, we we still all talk to TJ. Um, awesome. You know, he's he's an awesome dude. So we'll text back and forth. But um, yeah, I mean, we were really close. Tanner did a great job this year coming in his first year as being a tight ends coach you know he started a little bit last year but this was his first full year with the group mm-hmm. um you know and now he's moving on and now we got a new tight end coach so the show goes on and um mm-hmm. you know we're happy with this new coach from the cardinals uh coach hyden so we're uh, excited and excited to meet him we had a chat on the phone the other day um and awesome. you know he's amped up he's he's ready to go but like you said these these assistant coaches they're awesome um I think what sets them apart uh, the most is probably just their experience. Um, a lot of them have played in the league and know what it's like to play. Um, so I think that that aspect of it is just so invaluable. Definitely, definitely. All right, Shane. Uh, Nick, you previously mentioned earlier about your big three-touchdown game against the Panthers. So uh, this joins a list of Cloyce Blocks, Marvin Jones, Herman Moore, Leonard Thompson, Calvin Johnson twice – Joe Fourier, the only other Lions tight end, Roy Williams, and yourself to score three receiving touchdowns in a single game. Talk me through what what it was like and talk me through, I guess, the the somber part because we all know it did come when the Lions were trailing and typically when you have three touchdowns in a game, it's like you want to celebrate, but was it tough to it then? No doubt. Uh, When we're down as bad as we were in that game, it, it it's hard to get excited you know it, like in the back of your mind obviously you think about it like oh man there's one touchdown you know it was my second of my career in the season you know all that and you think about it, then the second one comes and you're a little juiced up a little bit more juiced up but then you look at the scoreboard and you're still down um so you're just trying to fight and claw your way back um obviously those points are helping but i should guess i should have scored more because you know they got the better <laughs> of us well, another fun fact, I don't know if you or any of your buddies play fantasy football, but you scored more points than Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews combined. So did any of your buddies, if they do play fantasy football, hit you up and say like, hey, man, why didn't you tell me to start you if you were going to pull up like that? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I get a lot of buddies saying that, stuff like that. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, they'll send me a little picture that they drafted me and whatnot. And I'm like, that's awesome. All right, guys, like, you know, let's cool it, right? Like, especially when TJ was there, like, you guys just wasted a draft pick on me. Come on. I uh, could have claimed me off waivers or something. But, no, it's all it's all fun. You get that, and you get a lot of fans that are get really into it and get some angry DMs. Oh, it's all good. Hey, me. Now, did you get any, league, brother. <laughs> there you go. any angry DMs after that three-touchdown game? Because I feel like some – it was right smack dab championship week. It was, and I did. I got a lot of angry DMs uh, for, you know, people that had started me on the other end. So, yeah. Oh, that's all good fun, though. That Carolina field, was it like playing on concrete? That's what I hear. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, Nothing like I've ever played on. You know, I played in some really cold games playing in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, And that, that might take the cake. It was, it was really slippery. Um, And you can kind of see it even in the very first touchdown I had. um, It's like a simple kind of out corner route, you know, type thing. And you can just see me like methodically stepping, just trying not to slip. And it's not even like a, 
you know, difficult route per se, you know, where I'm doing a sharp cut or anything like that. But you can just see me really slowly working the angle just because I didn't want to slip. And that was, you know, that was right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you could you could see it from from the kickoff. You could just see it. Um, so my question, I think this is my last question. Uh, this has been awesome. Um, uh, my last question is about our offense coordinator who stayed home to come back to Detroit. And in his words, is because there was something very special being built here. But Ben Johnson is is, is very under the radar. He is no one knows much about him. He doesn't get a lot of airtime. Um, tell us a little bit about who Ben Johnson is inside the locker room. Um, I mean, I think you saw it this year, but he's a mastermind. I mean, like you said, he's very under the radar, you know, in the media. And I think this year put him on the map, obviously, you know, with, he's getting all these uh, interviews and whatnot. But he's he's an absolute mastermind and just just, you know, harps on the details um, and just he has this vision for this offense. Um, and we saw it come to life this year and it was awesome. But he has this vision for this offense of just, you know, every little detail is the most important thing. What You know, with, whether you're on the backside. Or, you know, front side, it doesn't matter. Like, everybody has a job. Everybody has a role. And, uh, you know, those those aspects are really important to them. Awesome. Yeah. So, Shane, my last question for you before we let you go out of here. Uh, it's, it's a question that's, that's being asked a lot, you know, among Lions world, you know. Uh, and you've been playing for, for Dan Campbell and the Lions both seasons he's been there. Uh, and you've been able to be a part of the culture that's being built. What do you think is the ceiling of the 2023 Detroit Lions going into next year? What do you think is the heights that can be reached uh, by this team? I, I don't think there is any ceiling, honestly. I mean, and you saw the way we finished, um, you know, at Lambeau. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love that. At <laughs> Lambeau, you know, under the lights. Um, yeah. it, I think that just, you know, that just shows our trajectory and, you know, our upward climb, you know, we started the season tough, you know, and it was, it wasn't looking good, but we just slowly got better and better each game each week. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to carry a lot of momentum into this off season and into next season. Right. It means a lot to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shane, um, these were awesome questions. Uh, some good stories you had for us. We really appreciate the time that you had or time that you gave us on here. Um, as always, Go Lions. And, you know, anything you, you want to let the Lions fans know before you get out of here? Just keep tuning in. Keep cheering for us. You know, we hear you. We hear you on the field. Last year is electric. And it was actually when I first came here or when I first got to Detroit last year and it was one of the first games, um, you know, after the first few games, rather, um, you know, we weren't doing well. And there's still fans showing up. And I'm like, man, if this place starts winning, this place is going to go nuts. Yeah. And you saw it. I mean, as we started winning, the, the stands got more full. I lived it. Um, you know, <laughs> it got louder and louder and louder. And, you know, we hear you. So we appreciate it. Sure. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. No doubt. I appreciate you guys having me. Cheers. Yes, sir, man. Bye. You're always welcome back as well. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> awesome. All right, that was Shane Zilstra. Shout out to him for coming on the show. If you yeah. guys didn't, are you just if you're just tuning in now? We did have Lions Head and Shane Zilstra on. Rewind it a bit. Check the YouTube. Whatever. It was a great interview. Um, Julius, 
any little things to take out of this? Uh, I thought that, you know, the ending about what he said about the fans, that was really cool. And it kind of really showed the loyalty of Detroit Lions fans. I mean, you're definitely right about that, Adam. And you could just tell he's into it. He's into the culture. When I asked him that question about the Lions ceiling, how he says there there is none. And we remember going back to our interview with uh, Jason Cabinda, how he said the Super Bowl was was the ceiling, which is pretty much uh, echoed by Shane. I mean, it's just great to hear from from Lions players on the roster, ready to go into next year and show us what uh, a winning football team feels like. That was an awesome interview. That was so awesome. Yeah, such a he had just his stories, his answers, everything was great. I love like to know a little bit more about him. Big hunter, big fisher. You know, what I mean, that's super cool stuff that you know we didn't know about. So that that's awesome, and it's great. He he really did let us in, kind of on the inside of the locker room a little bit. Dan Campbell coming in and, and, and Ben Johnson. And that, that's awesome. That's the kind of stuff you just, it's, it's, you don't know. You just assume right. you, you think, you know, so that's cool. Yeah. And um, it, it was, it was kind of cool to, you know, also kind of ironic. I don't know if you guys realize this, but we, I, I want me to make a bold statement and say, we're the only Lions podcast to interview the only two tight ends to have three touchdowns in one game. Oh Joe man, Fourier we absolutely can say Angel. that. Friend of the show, no, no. Joseph Fourier, friend of the show, Shane Zilstra, six combined touchdowns in two games. Only the Honolulu Blues. That's the kind of material you'll get when you tune in to the Honolulu absolutely. Blues. Absolutely. All right. I do actually, before we got here, I do have you know one legit question for you guys about you know some players we should sign or resign i think nick or julius one of you two you put this out on twitter and i'll read out the results but it was if you could only resign one of these players who would it choose who'd you choose and i thought the four were very very similar and the votes the results showed out that it was pretty tight so isaiah bugs john kaminsky dj chark or deshaun elliott you can only resign one nick who are you doing I did post this question and I did think this was a very good one. And I know my answer and I believe I put him number one because he's my answer. Isaiah Bugs. (laughs) Isaiah Bugs is so big and keen on our defense. Even if we draft a defensive tackle, an interior defensive lineman in the first round, second round, even if that happens, Bugs is so vital to this defense. Kaminsky is a close number two. And I, you can argue Kaminsky with me all day, Shark all day, Elliot all day. They're all – they, I want to bring them all back, obviously. But I would go with Isaiah Beggs, Bugs, excuse me, because the interior defensive line is what wins games. That's what stops the run. And we finally saw that last year with Aleem McNeil really stepping up and Isaiah Bugs, who caused the fumble against Delvin Cook. Like, just a ton of great plays from Bugs. We saw in the preseason – I remember posting a video in the preseason of him hawking down a quarterback for like a one yard gain, but he sprinted from the to the sideline as fast as he could, caught this quarterback, took him down. It was just amazing. I want Bugs back. I want them all back, but I would take Bugs number one over all those. I like it. I like it. Julius, how about you? This was a very hard question. Uh, any all these free agents, man. I just want to bring them back to. I really do. All four of them. Um, I think out of, out of the four, I would be most okay with DJ Shark not returning, even though I want him back too. Yeah. But I like that. I, like I, I can't say nice. Isaiah Bugs because my answer is John Kaminsky. Because the impact he had on the defensive line 
that we did not have when we did not have him on the defensive line. It's just I can't you can't ignore it. You know what I'm saying? And I think he can definitely he he can definitely be a part of the rotation uh, on that defensive line going into next year. And I think we, you know, he deserves a raise. And we find we found a diamond in the rough. You know, there are a lot of teams that put a waiver claim out for this guy. So I mean. I think we need to keep him the most. I really think him and Hutchison got a little thing going on in this NASCAR yeah. package where they kind of crisscross each other and do stunts. It's highly effective, highly effective. So Isaiah Bugs, as much as I like the leadership he brings to the locker room and the and the girth he brings to the middle of the defense, and I love DJ Shark and how he can stretch the field for us if we need to or, or catch a first down to, to possibly end Aaron Rodgers' Packers career. I'm going to have to go with Comiskey because he is a beast. You know what I'm saying? Just watch a Comiskey highlight. He he He's a, he's like a Viking. And he, he, like had that, uh, he doesn't play for the Minnesota Vikings. He He's like a, our lion Viking. I'm a man. I'm a Minnesota Viking. Like, like that kind of barbarian like warrior on the team. Yeah. Really like and we saw the best of his work with a club on his hand. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the club hand. That was sick. He looks he like he can use his hand. He looks and like then, a almost out of a comic book. Like he's mm-hmm. out to get you. Well, he made honestly like Nick. I know you're saying that the bugs force fumble on Dalvin Cook. How about the Kaminsky force fumble on Aaron Jones? Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was huge. So yeah, Julius, I I got us. I think I'm gonna have to side with you, Kaminsky, on this one. Um, I'm right with you, Nick. I'm with you both, honestly. Like, it's a coin toss, but gun to my head, I I just want to say Kaminsky just because I feel like part of, you know, some Lions fans might think, oh, you know, I didn't hear about Kaminsky the entire season. It was just, you know, a few games. Well, that was because he was injured for four games. So had Kaminsky started this season, you know, who or maybe he got injured week one or two, but he was injured in the early of the season. So who knows, you know, what extra he could have done. And granted, Bugs similar situation where he didn't just wasn't injured, just didn't get the play time, and then kind of evolved into you know a better player getting more play time. So for me, I'm going Kaminsky, but what the fans said was a little interesting. They did side with us on John Kaminsky at 32%, but the rest was very tight. Number two was DJ Chark with 25%. Three, Isaiah Bugs, 22%, and four, Deshaun Elliott with 21%. And this is across 2,377 votes. Very awesome. Thank you for everyone for voting. I am yes. surprised Deshaun Elliott didn't get more votes because of how, how thin our secondary currently is. But I think everyone just thinks Kirby Joseph can do everything. Yes, yes, that's it. And people are like, well, Tracy Walker, he'll be back week one, which I'm not locking that in, you know. <laughs> Achilles are are tough. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. And then, boys, I do have one other question because it it, it is the talk of the Lions right now, and he's not even a Lion. He might be. That's Jalen Ramsey. So are you guys in or out? And if so, what is your top dollar price you're going to pay? I'm in, and I don't know. I don't know where his contract is. It would have to be a trade, right? Oh, no, they would yeah, release it. It has to be a trade, yeah. It's a trade. Oh, it'd be a trade. Oh, so that's that's the interesting part. So, what do you, would you be willing to give up? You know, maybe that pick eighteen. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be willing to give up just that. Like, well, I mean, what else? I mean, if it's just Just that, that and maybe you know some ticky tacky, you know, twenty four fifth. I love Jalen Ramsey as a lion. I think he fits our culture and our mold very well. I I agree, Nick. Uh, I I. 
I'm down with the Jalen Ramsey for pick 18 train. If that happens, I will be happy. Yeah, I agree. It's, I would do that. And he's a guy that, you know, we don't really have like big time leadership or veteran presidency leadership in our secondary. I guess we have Tracy Walker, but, you know, he was injured, so he's he's not on the field. Kirby Joseph, rookie. Deshaun Elliott, only built the Lions one year, might not even be back next year. So if we could get Jalen Ramsey, he automatically comes in as the commander of the secondary and not just we get Ramsey's talent. I guarantee you he's going to teach Jerry Jacobs a thing or two and Jeff Okuda a thing or two, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, show Amanio how to get away with the holding penalty. I don't know if Amanio's going to be our team next year. but That's yeah, actually a good yeah. point. I forgot. Yeah, Amanio. I mean, I don't know. I agree. I agree. Ramsey is just amazing. He he. You saw he was playing as hard as he could for the Lions, basically, in the last and week yeah. of the game. Or last week of the season, excuse me. For a game that really didn't matter for the Rams, and he gave it all he had because he's a true gamer and a true winner and will do everything he can. What scares me is that I know his age isn't by like he's only like 26 or 27 or something like that. If we could find the next Jalen Ramsey at pick 18, because there's a lot of good cornerbacks coming out this year, and at pick 18, maybe Christian Gonzalez is there, maybe even Devin Witherspoon is there. Garner, I mean, I mean, no, he was fourth overall, but like that, it's cornerback, it's there, you know. Cornerback- and- are just uh, Tariq Warren was a fifth rounder and led all rookies in interceptions. Like, yeah, there's more and more cornerbacks coming and ready to play um, right out the gate. I so. think so too. We've also started to see it with um, Patrick Sertan, uh, JC mm-hmm. Horn, mm-hmm. a couple of young guys like that who, you know, immediately mm-hmm. locked down cornerbacks. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey, I got his contract up right here. He's currently signed through 2025. So the Rams could hold on to him and, you know, look to trade him yeah. this year. Or next but I year. think he's going to be a cap casualty is what they're saying. Or um, trade. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's yeah, what I've been reading from the internet. And most of the time the internet is not right. So I don't know. He's got a 32 million cap hit uh, or dead cap hit. And then 25 million straight up cap hit. So yeah, they'd have to pay him $25 million to play cornerback. And it's like, you know, if you don't really believe in, I, Honestly, this could come down to like Stafford because if they know Stafford's just, you know, not his peak performance self, they know we're going to take a swing at this, but we're not what we were when we made our Super Bowl run. Then that could be our golden tickets on how to get Jalen Ramsey. But I don't think, you know, anything's going to be, you know, done or pushed through anytime soon. But if it does, I think it'll be right around draft time. Yeah, yeah. Tyreek Hill said he wouldn't mind playing with Jared Goff either. I know. He's, Everybody knows okay. Jared Goff. It, do, it I was, won't matter if Jameson Williams goes off of 1,500 next year. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine? Yeah, add Tyreek Hill to Jameson Williams and a Seven boys. Lions are coming off their second Super Bowl win, fourth straight NFC Championship win, and we get Tyreek Hill as a free agent saying i want to you know come team up with superstar jameson williams i just saw him go for 1800 yards and amon ra go for 1500 yards i want a part of this lions have three 1500 yard receivers golf goes crazy crazy throws for five thousand every kill is what in 2027 32 years old 33 years old 33 so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. a little let's, old but let's if he, calm down boys all right what are we kevin feige setting up the run, phase kevin mcu what are we doing here? i just need that speed so if he's those legs are still i'm in 
I mean, I guess, yeah. It's a big deal. But then again, we kind of have seen how veteran wide receivers have done with like Julio Jones and Deshaun Jackson. That's immediately who I think of when we Yeah, that's actually a great day. That's a there's your that's what Tyreek Hill is going to be in 33. He'll have, you know, kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. One play the entire season, you know, on some random team where you're like, he's still got it. In 2027, people won't even remember who Tyreek Hill is. They'll be like, who? Did you mean Jamison Williams, the fastest player in the NFL? Uh, I don't know who this Tyreek Hill is because I've never seen someone as fast as Jamison Williams. And that is what people will say in 2027. Absolutely. That's hope. We know. All right, boys. Uh, All right. No, I'm having too much fun. I'll give you guys another question. Um, The good, not so much a question, kind of just some awesome news. And I guess we were talking about this. Was there any type of Lions news going on? And it's like, Nothing, you know, big, pretty much just, you know, Jalen Ramsey rumors, auto rumors, this, that. But the good news we have. We have, but Ben Johnson. Go ahead. That too. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I think it finally appears that we have won him back. It seems like he is in good graces with the Lions. I'm truly, like, expecting him to be at Lions events. I don't know how many. I don't know which ones, but by the looks at his or the sounds of his interviews with Jim Rome, his tweets and you know just everything else he's doing with Detroit, it looks amazing. And I don't know if Sheila Forenhamp is behind this, but I assume she is and job well done. This was the final piece of the puzzle. The rebuild has gone flawlessly perfect and now you're in Calvin Johnson back in the in Ford Field. We love it. Yeah, he cited uh, someone, and I'm drawing a huge blank. Uh, yeah, one of the, the say so. it was like Michael something, right? He's the COO. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm terrible. Sorry for that, gentleman. Who seems to have literally single-handedly mended the fences between Kelvin Johnson and the Detroit Lions. So if that's the case, and he's the bridge to get Kelvin back. Dude, to Detroit. just like pulled out his pocketbook and was like, "Damn it, how much?" I don't <laughs> think that was it. I think that's it was complete opposite. Actually, I, I think, think he was so the first too. person to be like, "Yo." You do you, Calvin. We you shouldn't come back here until everything's right, and probably gained his trust, like not menacingly or anything like that, but like became a friend. And Calvin was like, "Okay, okay, let's let's right this wrong. Let's finally do this. Like we're all in calm heads. We like grudges, like bygones be bygones. Let's let's move forward. You know what I mean? Hopefully, I don't, I don't know what went behind the scenes, but I'm just super happy that Calvin comes back. I think Calvin's thinking like these Detroit Lions." They're getting pretty good, and how I, I want to be around them lions when they're they're peaking. So no, no, Calvin, he's not a bandwagoner like that. Calvin, right. of course, Calvin was he's a day one. Yeah, he had day one, and he was you know low blowed by the previous you know kind of lions brass that didn't you know honor him, honor his contract, and honor you know what he gave to the lions. You know, and so I'm glad that he's back around because. He's my favorite lion in my lifetime, and so that's great. Yeah, it really is great. I'm super yeah, happy. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up this Calvin Johnson video right now, but that's what that was. That was Calvin Johnson getting ready to talk, but oh, well, I was trying to figure out the guy that mended the relationship, the guy we need to thank. Um, but nonetheless, Calvin Johnson back in good graces with the Lions. So it seems like, man, like this is – building blocks it's good we're getting ready for you know the madness to happen so i'm excited disner sorry coo disner maybe michael disner is his name okay for helping mend the relationship with the team sounds like that dude single-handedly saved this these two together like like their relationship yeah it's like like, 
shout out to him huge what if there was just like how funny if there was just some sort of like small miscommunication where it was like no like wait you guys think calvin like wants you know 50 no he just wants and the lions are like wait so this whole time you mean all we had to do was just give him a or something i don't know something silly like that or like Ah, maybe I don't know. Whatever it was, I'm glad we found out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it is, just get him back in our in our in our field in our stadium. He yeah. said in the interview too that in the Jim Rome interview that he wouldn't mind helping out some you know some of the players too. And I was yeah. like, Dang, could you imagine Kelvin, wide receivers coach with Dan Campbell? Woo! Sign oh, me that's up, it. please. That's that's the dream right there, man. Dream. Like, oh my dream. gosh, that would be that would be so cool. That would be so cool. Yeah, he would draw so like. It, not just like fans, but like respect to the team too. Because free like, agents, yeah, free agents, free agent receivers for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you guys want to, you know, give up our first round pick and a fourth for T. Higgins. Oh my gosh, Pro Football Focus, what are you doing? Like, oh my God, I tweet, I was like, "Have you lost your mind?" Because I'll help you find it. <laughs> so, that little, that whole like, "Have you lost it?" The Stanley boys. Yeah. Boy, have you lost your mind? Because I'll help you find it. Like, that's exactly what I thought when that I saw that. That that one. What was the other one? Jer- for uh, I think it was Lamar. It was like yeah, Jared was- Goff, two first, three first, first rounders yeah. or whatever for Lamar. I was like, this would be the dumbest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Like, and what? it's like the thing is, it's, if we're gonna do that, might as well just take like Anthony Richardson. Like, if, if we're gonna go like that, boss the wall with like quarterback, running quarterback, take Anthony Richardson. And I'm not advocating know. like at six, you know. So that's the smarter choice. But at pick eighteen, I I wouldn't be opposed. Also, shout out to this little like beam of light that pops in and out of yeah. every every now and then. Ooh. Great lighting you have in the office, Dad. <laughs> but uh, all right, boys, I think that all should right. wrap it up. As you guys know, we're the Honolulu Blues Show. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram now at Honolulu Blues underscore. Check us out individually at Nick Faber NFL for Nick, the fifth top for Julius. Well, I got that right with the flip flop. And uh, I don't even need to follow me. Just follow Honolulu Blues. Double time for Honolulu Blues for myself. Oh, you're making um, us look bad, man. Golly, gee. Maybe <laughs> I should change my Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane Zilstra. You are. Yeah, shout out to Shane, Jul- Shane Zilstra. I, I, mean, I should have asked him, can you say your name five times fast? Shane Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> if you're just tuning in, because I just put it on all these groups, uh, go watch the very beginning. We had tight ends, four touchdown catching Shane Zilstra. On the show. It was amazing. Yes, sir. Was All right, folks. Uh, next week, it's looking like we're going to be back to regular episodes. I know you guys have had a blast seeing Lions players come on each and every week. But we got to talk about the offseason. We got to talk about free agents. Party City. The draft. The combine. The uh, the mobile. What do they play in Alabama? The, the senior the bowl. bowl. Free agency. The senior bowl. All sorts Which I missed this stuff. year, but next year we'll be doing a live show from Mobile. Maybe all of us or, or whoever wants to go down I, there with me. I'm definitely going to try to get on that, Nick. The only reason I, I the only reason I didn't pursue is because I knew you, you were dealing with your wedding or something. Yeah, right? yeah. I got yeah, I got honeymoon stuff coming That's up right, and yeah. all that. So Too much stuff. Next year. Disney trip. Be like, honey, last year was for you. This year right. for me. Anniversary. Let's Anniversary. Do it. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining in, and we'll see you all, right. all next go week. Go 